Hi, everyone. Uh, welcome to the Energy Storage Market Series. My name is Erz Dalev. I'm Managing Director here at Renvu. Uh, today, we are going to be hearing from Michael Miller about maximizing storage value with Solark. Before we dive in and while we're waiting for more people to join, I'd like to give a little background on Renvu as well as some of the products and services we offer. Uh, Renvu is a US-based solar equipment distributor. We've been in the industry for over a decade, uh, and we currently have uh, fulfillment facilities in California, New Jersey, and Texas. Our sales staff uh, all have background with engineering and uh, solar installation to provide you with the best uh, sales uh, services. Three products uh, quickly to spotlight here, and we'll share the links in the chat. I uh, recently added Lumin Smart Panel to our portfolio. This is the best way to convert a home for a hybrid consumption without the need to upgrade the main panel or add a critical load panel. It is easy to install and gives you a full remote control over all the uh, loads and uh, enables you to uh, set rules. Uh, we had a webinar recently with, uh, uh, with uh, Lumin um you can find the recording on our youtube channel and we will share we'll share a link here in the chat uh for those interested we are offering a 500 dollars gift card when you're buying solark and lumin smart panel the best battery bank to pair with the solark inverter is the home grid now we have a range of uh, discounts on the home grid batteries up to 600 dollars off the 38.4 kilowatt hours stack so if you are interested in those, uh, you can contact our uh, sales team at info at renvu.com. Uh, with, with Enphase, we have a great pricing, which I'll show in the next few slides. We're offering a clearance pricing on the Encharge 10 TSS, uh, as well as the uh, this week we are giving free trunk cable when you buy microinverters. Uh, also from QSales, uh, we have a unique ESS package yeah, at clearance price, uh, there's 7.6 inverter with 18.9 kilowatt hour battery bank with a discount of $4,000, which is a really good price. I really recommend you to take a look at this. Um, we have 15 left, 15 packages left. So get get those as, as fast as you can, in my opinion. Uh, for panels, uh, we have Canadian 395 and Zenshine 405, which are priced to move. Here you can see our um, commercial price list um, for large volume options and our upcoming offerings of solar modules. We're sharing also this file uh, in the chat now if you want to keep it. Um, you can see here the Canadian 395 and the Zenshine 405 I just mentioned. Uh, on the second tab of the same file, uh, you can uh, you can find some special clearance items with spe special pricing. You can see here the QCells ESS, SolarEdge optimizers, inverters and batteries, uh, end-phase microinverters, and uh, batteries and combiners. Uh, so worth uh, worth checking this uh, this spreadsheet and uh, the specifics sheet here. Um, I'll take a minute to also mention Bleaky Residential Carport. This is a great way to expand existing solar system or an alternative solution where you cannot install solar on a roof. 
shown here is the two-car carport. There is also the option for a tandem solution with shared columns. So you can connect multiple of those when you need carport for more than two cars. It is designed to be assembled by a crew of two. It doesn't require any specialized or heavy machinery to install. Uh, this is a solar structure, so it's eligible for the 30% ITC and the extra 10% for US-made products. And the carport is uh, supplied with an iron reach system and uh, under a panel clump, so it accepts any solar module and inverter that you want. When combined with a bleakier EPDMT gasket, the surface uh, becomes uh, watertight. You can add decorative mesh to hide the solar components underneath and some more uh, options like EV chargers and uh, safety lights and more. It is designed and fabricated in the U.S., um, made with uh, uh, U.S.-made steel, and it comes with uh, 24 years uh, warranty. The structure is coming with a structural engineer P stamp. You can install it up to 24 solar modules with four columns of six modules. And basic load capacities are 35 pounds per square foot of snow, which you can upgrade to 65 and 175 miles per hour wind load and seismic design category E. Um, the two-car carport is 18 feet wide and 18 feet deep with uh, nine and a half feet clearance, and it comes with five degree field. You can find a 3D model on the uh, on the Bleaky website, if you want, we'll share a link here in the chat. One last item to go over before we get started is our solar design and quotal. You will find it at the top of our homepage at brainwood.com. You can generate as many quotes as you need in a couple of minutes without the need to wait for a sales engineer, and it's available 24 7. Uh, first, you select the system type and the components you would like to see in your quote, then choose your panel. Next, you will configure the racking system from a wide range of options. I'll select here a metal roof. And then two arrays, first array, I'll put the 10 modules in portrait. And then uh, next row will be five modules in landscape. The second array, I will put uh, nine modules in portrait. Then I'll select black rails and black clumps. They so selected a black module. I'm changing the span to six feet instead of four feet. The system uh, would create a sketch of the array. Um, then you choose your inverter and uh, also energy storage options if you'd like. On the left side, you will see the bill of materials building up. And when you're logged into your account, prices changes as you edit your system configuration. This is a great way to compare uh, the cost of different options in real time. So you can play with uh, different modules, different inverters to see how the pricing change. Our team updates the tool constantly with the latest solar components and pricing currently available in the market. And on the last, last uh, selection page, you can add spare modules uh, if you need BOS uh, disconnects and EV chargers you can add lumen smart panel which uh, saved the need to replacing the main panel or adding a critical load panel I'm adding here 
to EV Charter as well. Uh, then the, at the end, you can save the quote to your account and get a quote uh, to your email. You can also email our sales engineer at info.grandview.com and our sales team will review the bill of material and weigh in uh, with insight and on configuration and availability. We're also available to any questions you may have. Yeah, I encourage you to take a moment and play around with it. It's uh, interesting to compare options and uh, complete different designs uh, and configurations and see pricing. Uh, if you have any questions about these products or about Solark while Michael is uh, presenting, please feel free to ask in the Q&A section and we will get to the questions at the end of the webinar during the Q&A session. Uh, you can also email our sales team at info.trendvu.com uh, for more information and pricing. This webinar is being recorded and we will send you a link in a follow-up email. Uh, we also have uh, recordings of previous webinars on the Renvu YouTube channel. Without further ado, I will hand it over to Michael. Good morning, good afternoon, depending on uh, where you are here. Um, let's see, I get my screen set up here. So Solark, this is our web main website, solark.com, uh, powering families and businesses through life. Go ahead and get the slideshow started now. All right, we got a lot to cover today. Um, thank you for being here and uh, excited to show you what we can do for you at Solark, do for your customers. Uh, we're gonna cover you know, some information about Solark in general, why the hybrid inverters are becoming more and more popular, uh, the connecting EV chargers to our inverters. It's a little bit of a unique feature optimizing your time of use settings, the future battery incentives, and a couple new products that will be available in Q4. So overall, Solark's mission is to make the most reliable, innovative, and affordable storage solutions for families and their businesses. Uh, we have a lot of time in the field and battle-tested our equipment with our software to ensure that you know, it's going to work for you. Uh, in the pictures here, you can see some of the stacked up inverters. Uh, you could build quite uh, a little power plant with our inverters. And now with the commercial ones that I'll be showing you, it will be even more power available. So we're based in Texas, started in 2013 by engineers and veterans, so veteran-owned business. We're very proud of that. We've been experiencing a lot of growth over the last seven years. Uh, most of that has been somewhat organic and people just taking to the product and, and noticing the benefits of it and continuing to you know, grow our product line such that people can get more and more benefit out of the overall you know, design that we have with the hybrid inverter. Uh, we have a new office in Allen, Texas. We just moved in. It's about 120,000 square feet of office space and 160,000 square feet of warehouse space where we will do final assembly and we have our support team based out of there as well. Uh, you're available. If you would like to come visit us, uh, you can set up an appointment to do so. Come check out our operations. This is our overall product line. Uh, it keeps growing and you know, we're excited to keep adding new inverters and options. Started with the 8K approximately five years ago and we have been added to 12K the 5Ks, either 
120 volt or 240 volt options. We've added some more Latin America. Once you see the dash L, those are for the power grids there. If you see the 2P, that essentially means it's a 240s, you know, split phase or 208 um, single phase inverter. If you see the 3P, that's indicating a commercial product three phase. So check out our website. We continue to add new tools. Uh, we have uh, sizing tools for the solar panels to match them up with the inverters appropriately with the you know, weather calculations and everything built in. Uh, also a battery calculator to help you understand how much battery power you need in sizing a battery. You can submit a ticket on our website if you'd like to get some evaluation of your designs. Happy to help with that. And we have live engineering support seven days a week. You can call 972-575-8875, extension two, also available at support at solark.com. Uh, we provide ongoing monitoring and troubleshooting assistance. So some of Solark's specific advancements in the hybrid inverter include batteryless operation, high voltage charge controllers, EMP protection, and the 200 amp pass-through on the 15K and now on our commercial line as well. Um, the battery selection is, is really up to the installer, the solar panels as well. Uh, we leave that to you. You can pick the best option for yourself and your situation. If you need um, you know, cold, something that's gonna survive a cold weather situation or something that is gonna be UL9540 certified, you know, we're gonna leave that up to you guys to select the best battery for your situation. We're gonna go in depth today into the multiple modes of time of use and um, grid selling. We're gonna go pretty deep into that. So I won't touch too deep on that right now. Uh, virtual power plants are becoming more popular and we are working to have the controls available for those. Uh, in the backup scenario or off-grid scenario, we are UPS grade five millisecond switchover. So any sensitive equipment, we can handle that. Uh, you know, if you have computer banks, and your lights are barely gonna even flicker when they switches over. So we can handle that for sure. We also offer remote monitoring and remote programming, which is helpful with truck rolls and saving time for your installers. So Tholark is starting to get brand recognition, continues to grow, as I mentioned. The reviews are coming in well, and we're very happy about that. We work very hard to support our customers and provide quality products for them to install with a lot of options. As you can see, our installer network has grown quite a bit. Uh, if you'd like to get your company on here as an installer, you can request that through a support ticket on our website. Financialization is important for your projects. Uh, we have 10-year warranties, extended year warranties, and we have now we have some DC optimizers, which I'll discuss later on, that will also help with the warranties for additional uh, partners that we're working on that require panel level monitoring. 
Our latest price changes will help address concerns about the cost of the inverter, you know, the cost of maybe interest rate hikes, helping out with that. So we want to remain competitive. We want to remain your number one choice. And we're working very hard to do that, including price uh, decreases. So why are hybrid inverters taking over the market? So this goes back a little ways into the more complicated design, probably eight years ago or so, where you had to have uh, separate battery inverters, separate solar inverters, a lot of extra parts. And our engineers got together and created the 8K, which basically combined a lot of these items. And we have shown here now the 15K, which also includes the 200 amp pass-through capabilities. So it acts like a transfer switch for the whole home. And it's been taking off like wildfire and we've, we've had a great response and we're excited to do more. So I pulled out some pictures of some typical installs uh, and I've, I've been on all the different sides and coming from EPC side and understand you know, the time it takes to install the products, you know, somehow are less complicated, more complicated. So I, I try to be fair here and try to put in some installs that weren't too ugly um, to make my point. Uh, but basically, you know, consider the total cost of your install. Consider how many breakers did you need? How many extra AC panels did you need? Was the load shedding capability built in? Um, you know, you got to wire to and from all those boxes. You may have a lot of parts to maintain. And then when electricians get out in the field, you may be missing some parts because they're either proprietary or you just frankly need more parts to install. Um, you know, is it gonna fit the different install types that you have? You know, for ground mounts, for example, we don't need rapid shutdown. So that's a part that you don't need to install. You could save money, uh, lower your cost for your customer. Uh, I've used some systems where they're only AC and essentially you have to have huge wires if you do have a, a ground mount far away from say the home or business. Uh, it can really be hard to work with some of those large cables in the field. So consider, you know, all these costs like that. You know, do you get to pick your battery? Is it a wall mount or floor mount? What's gonna work for your situation? Um, the size of the battery versus the inverter. A lot of these are pre-sized and almost like a three to one output where you have 5,000 watts of backup to every 15 kilowatt hours of battery. We don't have that limitation, for example. Um, are you concerned about safety and moving these large batteries? Uh, 300 pound batteries are not a lot of fun. Uh, there are other products out there. Renboost sells the home grid, for example. Those are about 100 pounds each and they can be stacked up quickly in the field and eliminate uh, the worry or the extra men or the extra equipment. Uh, you know, basically the supply chain, is it available? So if you're, you have one manufacturer, for example, you, you have their supply chain, you, you know, we have multiple battery options that you could pick from in the event that, you know, there was a supply chain issue. Uh, again, voltage drop for large AC wires and round trip efficiency losses. Uh, you know, the more we're going to be using these batteries, the more important it's going to be to be efficient with our use of the power that we do have and that we have generated. So the Solar 15K here is the all-in-one solution. These are some of the key aspects. The high voltage PowerPoint trackers are built in. You have three of them. You can run strings all the way back to the inverter and you have up to six total strings 
uh, there's two, two strings for each PowerPoint tracker. It's transformerless, so it's a lot lighter than the previous technology. It's not attached to a battery, so essentially it's lighter there as well. You have the internal 200 amp grid relay that's mentioned, 48 volt common platform, and BMS communications with the closed loop communications with many of our partners. Arc fault monitoring, all that is built in. Um, and then generator integration is the two wire start. Many generators can be converted to wire start. I'll consider the total value of the solar converter. So robust power, the 15K, for example, you have the ability to put 19 and a half kilowatts of DC solar on it, and you can AC couple 19.2 kilowatts of solar, which is the AC rating. So essentially you could have up to 44 total DC uh, coming to one inverter. So that is a heck of a lot of power. And you know maybe you have an existing system, maybe um, you wanna just have one backup unit. Uh, we do offer 12 kilowatts of backup on batteries alone, and you do have built-in load shedding in a grid outage situation or based on the battery charging state. So it's flexibility design and install in one product line. Again, I mentioned rapid shutdown is not needed. You, you don't need to add it. There's no optimizer required, for example. Um, again, AC coupling to existing systems. I just had a customer reach out to me yesterday with a couple different systems uh, that they wanted to add to our system and then add additional DC to that on top. So it gets a little complex, but we can handle it. Um, again, a familiar platform now for our commercial line. We're really excited about that. So we're looking to lower the total cost of the install by eliminating equipment you don't need, you know, minimizing boxes and parts uh, and integrating generators is all built in. So battery options, the first battery option is no battery. Uh, you know, if your customer wants to add a battery later on, that's, that's an option they can save up their money or maybe they do this first portion, they wait for their tax credit to come back. We have uh, the ability to do that, which is something the previous hybrid inverters did not have the ability to do. Again, I mentioned supply chain, just make sure that you, you have a pick of what's available. If you're wanting to have a certain chemistry, uh, lithium iron phosphate, for example. Again, Home Grid that's, uh, does offer that. Other, other manufacturers as well, their partners. It's expandable in smaller blocks. So if you want to have a 20 kilowatt hour battery, maybe you can't get that in the configuration of the particular manufacturer that has their system pre-configured. If you just want to add five at a time as your budget allows. And also when you're adding, for example, with the Home Grid, you can just add more and you don't really need to change any of the other wiring. It's very quick and easy. Uh, do you need a floor or wall mount for your project? There's heated batteries now. I believe Home Grid is doing that. I'm sure there's some others. We're future proof for new technologies on the common 48 volt platform. So, you know, we've got a lot of advantages on the battery side. Uh, with DC coupling, you know, when I do an application for the utility in the past, I would have to tell them what my total inverter size was. And sometimes there are limitations for interconnection. Those need to be accounted for. And you may, you may place yourself out of a certain category if you do an AC coupled system, if they're looking at the total inverter size. 
So lower voltage drop in general with DC coupling, you're working with a higher voltage, so you can run the DC wires longer distances with losing less energy. We do have the DC and the AC sides of the inverter if you needed to, you know, have some voltage drop on each side. As opposed to a system that is all AC, you're only going to have the one side that you have to work with. So ideally, you end up with smaller wires overall. Uh, it's going to be more efficient. Again, the more we use the battery, the more efficient we need to, to be. Because if we're losing 2 to 4% every time we're charging and discharging, uh, over the whole year, if we start using these batteries on a regular basis, that can really add up. We love to remove limitations. For example, most of the systems that are out there for homeowners are up, uh, 200 amp rated, or you have to add a whole another meter to do 400 amps. We can stack our systems up and get 400 amps out of one conglomerate system and get the full power out of that system, not separated into two separate sets of panels and, and backup power. And those can go up to 12, so it can build quite a system. Connecting EV chargers to the solar converters. Um, this is something that we've been looking at closer as EV charging stations become more popular. Uh, again, here is the commercial similar graph or similar uh, diagram we have here. We have four PowerPoint trackers, for example. Um, high voltage charge controllers now on the commercial line. Still have a 200 amp internal relay and disconnect pass through. So you don't need external transfer switches. Again, still have generator integration, larger generators now with uh, three-phase power. So taking a closer look at our 30K, which is available, uh, 30,000 watts is the 30K lines up with, 130% uh, oversizing on the solar array, so we can take up to 39,000 on the DC side. And then we could AC couple as well on these inverters, uh, 54 uh, kilowatts, and that is the AC rated power, so it could be more actual DC power. So you could have a mix of those as well. You're going to want to back off the AC side a little bit as you increase the DC side, but you can have quite a mix of power on these uh, if you're trying to do uh, incorporate existing systems that maybe businesses already have and add some resiliency, add some backup power. So we do also have a peak power rating that's like double. Uh, the, the continuous rating, if you need to start motors, three-phase motors, that can be very important. Our um, battery inputs, there's two battery inputs per inverter, 50 amps each, so we get 100 amps. And you'll see that you know, if you have 100 amps and you're running that at around a 300-volt battery bank, that's where you get your 30,000 volts. Or sorry, 30,000 watts. <laughs> Uh, this is a 208-120 inverter, um, and the I'll show you the 60K in a second. That's going to be 480-277, so you won't need any transformers when you install these if you're installing them, obviously, to the voltage that is at the site. Again, we can stack 12 of these, so you can build quite, quite a power plant. Uh, they can be going outside and 10-year rating right out of the gate. The 60K is more or less... Everything the 30k is doubled, um, you know. So we have 78,000 watts available for input on the solar side, 125,000 watts on the DC side. I'm sorry, excuse me, AC coupled side. If you were to do AC coupled only, 
Again, peak power 120 kilowatts. Um, so this is the same. We can still stack 12 of them. I just wanted to give you a brief uh, showing of those. As we get into the AC connections on the these units, this is where we're talking about how to connect the EV chargers. We have partners that are using these integrators, as we call them, that are maybe putting a container together with batteries and you know setting up a canopy of panels and they're making an EV charging station. So each of the inputs on the inverter can go either direction. So we have the option for the gen port in particular to use a generator. Uh, we can use a smart load option. This is all software driven, essentially. The AC coupling can be uh, go into the inverter there on the gen port and you could either put an EV charger. So you could just run, say you had a canopy with um, a small container of batteries and you could run one line out to the grid side of the inverter and you could connect your EV charger directly off of that gen port and then have another port that's rated up to 200 amps and allow you to limit your wire runs out to those canopies. So we don't need to run a separate line. Um, we can also move the generator up to the uh, grid input if you need to use one of the other options. And then you can AC couple on the load side. It's not our first choice, but it is a possibility. And we are vehicle to grid ready. So I think it's just going to be software with the particular manufacturer. And it will be um, coming when those products are available as far as the two-way charging goes. But we are set up and ready to accept that. So here's a look into the wiring area on the commercial units. Uh, starting in the top left, we have the communication board where we can run parallel in and out. And we have a, a battery management input for two different batteries, although we recommend they're similar size and of the same manufacturer, but maybe you have a little more on one than the other, as long as they're large enough to allow the inverter to run at you know full output and having additional batteries isn't so much of a problem. Um, we do have a pin board with the e-stop button. You're gonna need to install an e-stop button wherever your fireman would be expected to be uh, have access to that, and that will shut down the whole system, the DC side, the AC side. Um, if you have rapid shutdown, it would initiate the rapid shutdown. Again, the two-wire generator start, and the other pin board is for the CTs. This is going to be a lot easier than trying to wire together 15Ks on each phase. All the CTs will be in one place. It'll be very clear which phase goes with which, uh, which input. So on the bottom left, we have all the solar inputs, as I mentioned, four of them, but you have two places to land on each of those PowerPoint trackers. So a lot of flexibility there. Um, the battery inputs as well, now we're, we're down to four gauge wire because we have high voltage batteries. So that's gonna be some ease of working with the wires and time savings. Uh, to the right side, we have all the AC inputs, right and bottom. Uh, Essentially, that gen port, as I mentioned, is where the EV charger could land. It's very clear where everything goes. Uh, and it's a familiar platform, really, with the other products that we have. So your installers should find it easy when transitioning from a 15K to a 30K, for example, or a, or a 60K. 
So optimizing the time of use settings on our inverters. Um, we all are saddened by the loss of the net metering in a lot of places that continues to happen. Uh, it um, was a simple, easy payback, easy to quote. It did increase you know, investment by you know, giving the customers something in return for their renewable energy. Um, but the utilities didn't support batteries really in any way. I mean, you could maybe use them on your own, on your side, but you couldn't really support the grid or do the things that we're talking about doing today. Uh, and it didn't encourage any resiliency or backup power. Uh, as we move forward, we know things are getting more complex. We know that, um, you know, for example, NEM 3.0, I'm going to do a, a quick example with that. We are looking at more strategic use and timing of these resources. So be prepared to, you know, get your time of use settings down. And, and I'm going to teach you a little bit more about how Solark does that. This is our basic time of use screen on our inverters. Go right up to the inverter and program it. Uh, we have uh, in the top left here, we have the grid sellability. You can have that on or off. We have limited power to home and limited power to load. Essentially, that, that means either you're using the CTs, if it's say a partial home and you want to limit the entire uh, home to try to use the batteries and the solar the best it can to limit the total usage of the grid. You would select that. Uh, limited power to load is more whatever panel is being fed from our unit is what is being limited. Uh, so the time of use, if you check that box, you'll come up with this menu on the right there with the times, the power rating, the battery, and whether or not you want to charge or sell it during those times. So this is six different time slots, different power ratings, different battery percentages that you can configure. So it gives you a lot of uh, flexibility as well as seasonal flexibility. If you have different times of year, different rates, typically the time of use are split between summer and winter. You know, um, M3.0, like I'm going to talk about, is split during certain seasons as well. Um, so basically the power rating is what is the amount you want to support from your system during that time slot. And so if you have batteries available, use up to 2,000 watts. If you're only using 1,000 watts, it's only going to support that. Obviously, it's not going to try to sell anymore unless you were to tell it check the sell box the battery target is going to be the percentage you're targeting so if you are on grid and you tell it to sell or use the power you are going to use down to that level and then it's going to stop and it's going to resume using the grid for example um, if you do have a generator that is the level it will charge up to or if you have that if you have a grid charge option that is the level it will charge up to so uh, if you need some help with this, we're, we're more than happy to help. Our tech support can review your settings, help you get this set up correctly. It may even take some trial, trial and error to, to get the best settings in your region. And again, this is compliant with California GA12 requirements. So remote programming, a little bit hard to see, but we do have in, in our monitoring. So you can go in and basically do the same settings that I just showed you remotely, you don't have to do a chuck roll, you don't have to be on site, you do have to be connected to the internet, of course. And, you know, obviously, that's critical to doing any remote support. So let's take a little example here. Since the net meeting 3.0 in California seems to be all with all the excitement lately. 
they do have what we call what we're calling power hours uh, in August and September from six to eight p.m. So your PV to grid exports are worth three to ten times the traditional net meter rate. So you really have to take advantage of these if you really want to get the most out of the battery. Uh, essentially, you're going to need a rather large inverter if you really want to hit these things hard and drain your batteries. I mean, some of those systems I was mentioning before, if they're like a three to one ratio, the inverter is 5,000 watts and you have a 15,000 or whatever, 15 kilowatt hour battery, you're only going to be able to discharge two thirds of that battery, for example. So think about with Solark, you can confer, you know, you configure the battery say with a 12 kilowatt export and 24 kilowatt hours of, of battery. You know, that's gonna have the same value as a 10 kilowatt array did in that metering. So you're probably gonna be downsizing your solar and, and increasing your battery. Hopefully the overall cost isn't very much more if at all. Um, so you do need to dial those in in your area for this particular scenario. You know, consider it a, a west facing array might be a, a good option now because we're looking at afternoon hours being the highest amount of um, you know, value for the grid. So what does that look like in our actual programming on the screen that I showed you earlier? We are checking the grid cell box. We're putting that up to the maximum on the 15K of 15,000 watts. Uh, we do have the time of use selected. And essentially in the evening hours, we're gonna wanna maybe charge a little bit from the grid to get our batteries up to a nominal value. Again, this may be what you're comfortable with or this depending on the size of your battery, you, know, you may wanna have more reserve power. Again, that's up to you. So we're basically telling the inverter, you know, a thousand watts during these uh, times of day. And then at the 6 p.m. power hour start, we're telling it to drop that uh, battery as fast as it can essentially. Um, discharge 15,000 watts for two hours and then bring it back up to say 5%. Uh, again, you can you can customize these to what you're comfortable with if you just want to keep 50% reserve in case there's an outage or for some other reason. But these can be quite valuable. Um, going back to that previous slide, uh, you know, if you have a 10 kilowatt hour battery, let's say it's 270, you know, for two hours, that's what, $54. So, and that can happen multiple times a week and for two months. So it can be quite valuable to set this up. You know, this is really where you gotta, I don't wanna say take what you can get, but <laughs> get the best usage out of your battery. So now we're on the feature of battery incentives. Um, it's gonna be very kind of similar a little bit to the previous slides on the past battery incentives or past incentives for net metering. Um, you know, the tax credits required you to have solar charging for the batteries. This was an issue with commercial sites often uh, didn't have enough room for solar, at least where I was, I was in Michigan, uh, as far as what the battery load was needed. So we don't have that restriction anymore. Um, few utilities were giving you any kind of incentive to put batteries in. They really didn't want to even deal with them a lot of times or uh, fought you on them. They didn't like the way that they connected or they didn't understand how they, maybe how they sold power or how much power they sold. And, you know, batteries were not incentivized under net metering. There were a few DPP programs around. Uh, I hope those were very successful, but I'm looking to see more of those. Um, it did not encourage backup power or resili resiliency. You know, that's on you like a generator, basically. Um, so the future, obviously, we're getting 
uh, more challenging, more complex, and you have to really recognize the value and communicate the value to customers. It's, it's a much challenge, more challenging sale. So we have some, I call them indirect savings or incentives, essentially things that have gone in our favor um, or benefits that you get by having the battery that aren't specifically paid out to you. Uh, the tax credits, again, do not require solar charging anymore. So you could do battery only installations are possible. The time of use rate incentive essentially is avoiding using power from the utility. It's gonna be you know rate specific, utility specific, and you can accomplish this in a variety of ways through load shedding, self-consumption or load shifting. Uh, installers can make use of uh, UL1741 CRD and power control systems under NEC 705.13. This basically means the 120% rule is no longer and you can have a larger breaker feeding your solar array or your energy storage system, I should say. And the energy storage system will maintain that it will not exceed the rating of the bus bar or the conductors. So that's going to be uh, very important going forward. So we, we're saving on panel upgrades. So that's an indirect incentive, but as the batteries become you know, more and more adopted, this is going to be what we're seeing. Hopefully it's, it's becoming a smarter install and not just doing things for the sake of doing things to meet rules. So our approach is to be ready for any external controls and you know, direct incentives would include the utilities paying you for a virtual power plant program. Uh, maybe there's third parties also that are uh, in that arena. Uh, maybe a paper use, or it may be an upfront payment to incentivize you. And then you also benefit by having backup power. Uh, the utilities are looking to you know, also incentivize vehicle to grid is gonna be coming soon. Excited to see that. And selling from batteries, straight up so in the past a lot of times as well it's not a renewable you can't sell from it um, but now that we're trying to stabilize the grid we have different goals it's going to be very useful for them to aggregate all these battery systems and support the grid so some of these can be product specific uh, i believe like sacramento has a program that's very product specific uh, but again strategic time of use incentives like the power hours we're seeing with um, m3.0 so a little sneak peek on some future products here. This is our Smart Load 14. Uh, been excited for this product. <laughs> I, I saw this product probably a year ago and I've been hoping this would come out sooner, but we're, we're finally getting to where we have the web integration with our monitoring platform and, and everything we needed in order to fully launch this product. Uh, we want it to be very successful right out of the gate. So it took a little extra time, but it's worth the wait. So essentially you have 14 channels of relays that are 100 amps each. So like everything Solark does, we're, we're trying to create unlimited options or, or not creating limits. 100 amps each channel is, um, there's not much more you can put through that. I mean, EV chargers even can go through that. So, and some, some of these, you may only need to break one leg if it's through 240. So you, you may have only need one space for that, but it's going to learn your, home energy use and make suggestions accordingly. You could use it for three-phase system. It doesn't really care, it's a relay. Um, again, the switch over time, UPS grade, it's uh, outdoor rated and can work off in the event of an outage, your local grid or your local web app, um, say your router, if you had the power outage and your internet went down, you can use it locally. 
So very excited for this product. And also um, DC optimizers. Again, Q4 is what we're shooting for, for all these to have them out uh, and available. So our optimizers are a little bit unique. They have up to 900 watts. So again, try not to limit you on the panels and the future sizes of panels. We don't want to have a limitation on that. Um, they do provide rapid shutdown and they do provide module level monitoring. Uh, and even if you didn't want to use our units, these are SunSpec uh, certified. So you could use whatever your favorite rapid shutdown device is. Um, they basically clip onto the panels. So they're very quick and easy to install. Uh, and they have enhanced heat dissipation. They are solid state and they only activate when they are needed to be used. So essentially when there's shading or some issue present that, that requires optimization, they only get used during those times. So we're expecting the lifespan of these products to be much longer than the normal optimizers you've maybe used in the past that are full on 24 seven or, or during the sun, I guess. They're, they're on all the time when the sun's available. Ours are only gonna be when they're needed. So we're expecting that to enhance the lifetime of this product. So I think that's about it. Um, do you have any questions or we can go through the questions that are in the chat? Uh, that was really interesting. Uh, excited to see when those optimizers and the uh, SL14 right uh, will be will be available. Um, so I think that uh, I can I can read through uh, some questions that we got here and uh, anybody that have more questions, uh, please add them now to the Q and A. Um, you have a button on the Zoom screen uh, that you can ask questions there. Uh, we'll try to go over everything and uh, anything that we will miss or will not have time to go over, we will uh, follow up on an email afterwards. Um, first question from Gail is, does Solark uh, send firmware, uh, firmware uh, updates automatically to site enrolled in monitoring? They do automatically. You, would, you can request them on our website if you'd like to have one sent. We Obviously, we don't want to disrupt someone's power if they're because it will require a restart. So we want to have that to be controlled and have the customer be aware of it. Um, could you talk about how Solark is planning to integrate uh, its hybrid inverter with electric vehicle bi-directional charging uh, for home power backup and or VPP uh, capability from EV batteries? But I think, you know, we're, we're ready. We have all the, the parts in place. It's going to be software driven at this point. Um, it's going to be maybe even the possible, uh, the car chargers that are out and available and I don't, I guess we don't have a fully baked uh, product on that yet or, or a fully baked answer for you right now. Um, that'll be, you know, stay tuned for more information on those. There's not even very many, I'm not even aware of a lot of utilities are offering that, so. Um, you said that there is a built-in load shed, uh, shedding on the 15K. I thought the SL14, Lumion, or similar would uh, would be needed for uh, for that. Is that not correct? So the the built-in uh, load shedding is going to be more of a you know the grid is down. I want to drop my air conditioner, for example, 
um, or my battery's at a certain state of charge. I want to drop my air conditioner or, you know, as many loads as you could put on something that's 100 amps or, or charge my EV when there's excess sun available um, or I get to a certain level. So that is the controls for the in the inverter. And then the smart load is going to be more individualized circuit control. So it's similar to Illumin, but with more inputs, essentially, and with larger available inputs. Um, Eric is asking, I assume your arc fault monitoring is on the four MPPT PV inputs. Is arc fault monitoring available for any other inputs uh, for your inverter? Good question. I actually don't know the answer to that one. <laughs> Okay, we will have that try question. follow up uh, later. Yeah. So. yeah. We do have EMP hardening on our inverters yeah. available. Another question here from Jeff. Uh, are are there plans to make the resi modules EV charger bidirectional? If so, via which ports? I think that uh, it was answer. you were answering that. Uh, On. Um, okay, Eric is saying, uh, my understanding is that the 15K solar converter has one AC coupled input. Okay, how can the inverter connect to both an AC coupled PV array and bidirectional EV charger? Well, if you were to AC couple on the load side, I suppose. Uh, and then you could do the EV charger on the gen put input. I mean, that's a possibility. Again, vehicle to grid is it's not quite ready and available yet. So I would say tune for more information on that. But we do the, uh, on the load side, it's typically frequency shifting is what's used. Whereas with gen port, we have more control over the whole circuit. So that's why we prefer the gen port. Are the there uh, 30K and 60K UL9540A uh, certified with any batteries yet? Which high voltage batteries are in process and do they have an estimated? What so, is um, yeah, I would say get with the manufacturers on that, but DECA has an existing solution and I have to double check if it's 9540. Um, but Endure Energy is working on that. They're very close to having that. Uh, home Grid as well and uh, pylon tech are the, are the people that we are working with right now we do have to have uh, vms communication with them in order for the high voltage uh, battery chargers to work so those are the four that i know of that are working on that solution and i would i would inquire you to or <laughs> ask you to ask them more about where they're at with it typically they are working with it yeah, we're working with Pilot Tech and HomeGrid, and both said that uh, they would, at least in the short term, mm -hmm. be certified. Um, does your time of use setting include holidays? Uh, no, I don't believe it does. It's only like weekends. You know, you can pick which day of the week. I don't believe it does include holidays. So. Um, Follow-up question here about the optimizers. When will the optimizers be available and can can they be pre-ordered? Uh, I know they can, they're gonna be available in Q4. So 
I guess I would ask that you work with Renview on that. And you guys will be working with you to get those to you as soon as we possibly can. Um, yeah, we will probably uh, send an email when we are ready to start uh, taking order on those. Um, hey, Joel asking, can you cover uh, the best method to uh, uh, for connecting to the software, Ethernet, cellular uh, recommendations? Also, is there a demo version of the software available for download? So we have Ethernet and Wi-Fi capabilities uh, built into the dongle that's on the unit. And I don't believe there's a, a download available for the software. I mean, you can go He's on the asking, PowerView website. Oh. I shouldn't say, wait, you can go on the PowerView and look at the, there's some demo systems on there, uh, but I'm not exactly sure off the top of my head how deep you can go with the settings on those. Um, okay, there is a question here with a follow-up. Let's see. We have a great net metering program that only allows 10 kilowatt feed into the grid. Can you use the gen port to charge the EV with an excess power when your production exceeds 10 kilowatt? Yes, you can set up a, a wattage rating one. Yep. Then there is something here underneath. I purchased two 12 kilowatt units for my home, not installed yet, targeting 20 kilowatt generation. Can you compare and contrast versus 15 kilowatt unit? How am I hand handicapped with the 12 kilowatt? I'm in Tennessee. Uh, they do allow batteries for their DDP program. Yeah. I mean, essentially you have to parallel those units together. So you do need to connect the, the ins and the outs. Uh, you can use a bus bar for the 12K because it already has built-in overcurrent protection. Um, on you know all all of the inputs or outputs uh, on the AC side, so you do need to parallel those units. You know grid and and load, in particular if you're using a generator, you have AC coupled solar, you would you'd have to parallel that as well, so that it feeds both units equally. Um, that's really the big, the only real big disadvantage. Um, I think you'd have a little bit more power. You have eighteen thousand watts of backup capabilities with two twelve Ks versus um, fifteen. Well, and 12 on the batteries alone on a, on a 15K, if you only have batteries. So if you only have batteries with two 12Ks, you would have 18 uh, kilowatt hours of backup. Um, you would have one more PowerPoint tracker over, you know, with the two 12Ks. Um, so it's just a little bit, maybe more wiring between the units really is the biggest handicap there. And then you do have a little bit more power. So it's not a bad way to go. Um, <laughs> I think, you know, simplicity in installing and having 200 amp pass-through. You don't have 200 amp pass-through with two 12Ks. You have, uh, I believe, about 30,000 watts, 63 amps per inverter. So you end up pretty close to the same on that pass-through capability, but a little less. Okay. Uh, will the 15K support DC charging to EVs? That's a good question. Uh, I'm not aware of that at this time. It's a possibility. I mean, if you've got a, we have a high voltage battery input output. Um, 
So I suppose it's a potential, but I'm not aware of it right now. How do you recommend to to do a AC bypass switch? Oh, uh, I was when I was up here in Michigan when I was doing installing, I was putting those in. Um, essentially, what we would do is come off the meter to the double throw switch. To if it's a 15k, it's 200 amp rated. Um, we would do a tap on the on the grid side of the um, of that switch grid feed at the top. And then we go to our 200 amp disconnect, fuse disconnect to the grid input, and then essentially connect the, uh, the load panel, the panel you're going to back up to the center of those uh, double throw switches. And then on the bottom, we would connect the solar output from the load side. So I think we did bond it in that transfer switch, from what I recall. Um, I think that's, I mean, that's pretty much, we do have diagrams in the in the manual that show this. So that's the way that I have done it in the past uh, with, the, with the 200 amp. If you're doing it, you know, breaker feed, then you could just have your backed up panel um, could have, say it's a, a 12K, for example, you could have an interlock switch or, or an interlock breaker in your um, essential loads panel that could be fed from either, you know, the grid or the backed up solar. So it's important that you do not connect the load and the grid together. That's in the manual, but it's very important that those get installed correctly. And John here is saying, can I add EMP hardened 15K to an existing non-EMP hardened 15K? If so, does the EMP hardened 15K provide any additional protection to the non-EMP hardened one? I don't believe you can add it. It's something where we have to ship those direct. Uh, I mean, it's more of a special order. I, think, I mean, you may have some at Renvu, but um, I don't I think, think it can't be hard. Is, I think the question the is, one? first of all, can they be connected together? I mean, can they parallel EMP and non-EMP? That's the first uh, part of it. I can't I think. see why they wouldn't be able to, but I haven't had that specific. Yeah issue or question come up. So um, I would think if you're doing MP hardening, you'd want to have them all be appropriately, you know, because, because it's more than just the inverter. It's the, you know, it's the ferrules that you're putting on the modules and on the, um, the AC load, you know, the AC wires and stuff like that. So there's more to it. Um, it may be that if you had a separate unit that you weren't using for um, backup, it could be like, essentially AC coupled to another one, but they wouldn't be interacting. You know, they would just be interacting on the grid side. So that would be unusual though. I, I wouldn't recommend uh, mixing and matching. Um, they're always asking, I have an, a, a low AC limit, but no limit on DC. Is there a way I can use charge controller and to add extra DC battery charging address, okay. SOC. <clears throat> I guess I'm not fully understanding that question. Adding additional charging. Well, if you can, if you can expand a little bit, explain what you mean. Yeah, I mean in general, uh, um, mm -hmm. we have a charger built into the inverter, so it would be duplication. Um, 
DC char I mean, the solar panels are DC charging. If you're talking about export limits, we can, uh, installers can, you know, petition the utility to have a password locked out export limit. So then you can essentially have the 15K on a, say you've only been approved for 8K, but we've, uh, in at least in a couple of utilities, we've gotten them to accept that as a solution um, as far as limiting the selling ability of the inverter. When will there be actual specs uh, for the SL14 so we can uh, start incorporating it into future projects planning? We should have those very soon if we don't already have them available. Uh, I would expect by the end of the quarter. We, I mean, most of the specs are there. It's 100 amp rated. Um, it's just a relay again, so it's not a breaker. Um, channels yeah i mean not like a lot of other specs it's not producing any power you <laughs> can also check with uh with the, the engineering team and if we find more information about the sl14 we will add it to the follow-up email for this webinar um have battery manufacturers recognized solar converter setting uh, for max discharge limits as a battery protection for their warranties. I'm looking at the smaller batteries for uh, time of use applications. That's what the um, EMS is for, the closed loop communications should limit the discharge based on the, the batteries that are available. It shouldn't affect your warranty in that way. I mean, you may end up not getting the full usage out of an inverter, though. Like if you have 15K and you only have 10 kilowatt hours of battery, you may only be able to use 9.8, for example, with the home grid, I believe. Um, so you would be limiting the usage of the inverter uh, if you, you know, using a closed loop communication system, which is what, you know, is pretty much required at this point. A uh, question about the optimizers. Uh, if we want to use optimizers in a system design, uh, do we need to install them with every panel or only the panels we expect to uh, experience shade, uh, shading? Well, it's not required to use rapid shutdown at all. So I would imagine if you had one string on one PowerPoint tracker and one on another one, that you should be able to mix and match those as far as strings as long as they're on separate PowerPoint trackers. Good question though. Um, again, question about bi-directional EV charger. Uh, when will Solark's DC bi-directional EV charger be ready? I don't have an answer to that yet. I think 2024 we're shooting for any kind of charger. Car charger. John is asking, can we connect the 350 volt DC battery from EV to charge controllers uh, to charge our 48 uh, volt DC battery? Not without, I mean, putting so DC asked, battery to DC battery. Yeah, if they can connect their actually car to uh, to solar to charge their battery. 
Not that I'm aware of at this time. I mean, you, ideally, it's more like a generator, and it's a lot of it works on the AC side, and the inverters are in the cars. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't. I don't think we have that ability right now. <laughs> I know everybody's excited about vehicle to grid, and I am too. I'm just not all out yet. <laughs> And Daryl here explains uh, the question, my utility limits my AC, but they don't limit my DC size. Can I add extra batteries in, in, in parallel with the inverter batteries? Limit your AC, but they don't limit your DC. We have two inputs for batteries on the 15K. Generally speaking, people end up using a bus bar and combining them. I mean, you could have two separate sets. Again, you're only getting uh, 175 amps per side, roughly, or 185 amps per side. So in order to get the full use of the inverter, you need enough batteries behind it, and you need to use both of the inputs, in particular on the 15K. Um, I don't know that I see the benefit. I see the benefit of, in my opinion, would be limiting that AC selling ability to a certain size, say 10K. And then you can put as many batteries on as you want. You can charge them from the grid. Um, you know, you can, you don't need extra parts to do that. You could have, you know, a bunch of solar and charge batteries up. Uh, at that point, it's just how much power can you use in your house? You know what I mean? So uh, I guess that's, I don't know if that's a good answer for you, but. Good. Um, John is asking, here, this is the last question here. Again, what would be the problem with connecting a 350 volt DC battery to the same input on the charge controller with uh, which expects a 300 volt DC solar string? Probably you've got, a power, you've got a PowerPoint uh, tracker on there, which is you know not designed for that. We do have. Um, the ability to integrate with wind, it would be a very unique situation right now. And, and hopefully in the future, we'd have more information on that, but it's not something that our equipment was initially designed to do and it's, it's rated to do at this time. I guess is you know what I mean? Yeah. You may be uh, better off with a DC, DC converter or something. I don't know. Um, yeah, probably wind, uh, wind input. Yeah. Work, but uh... Okay. Uh, looks request. like we <laughs> looks like we went through everything. Uh, thank you very much, Michael, for your time, and thank you everybody Thanks, for joining us today. And um, we'll work on the recording and email it to you uh, in the next few days with uh, some additional information that we promised here. Have a great rest of your week, everybody. Thank you. Thank you.